We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pod Mavericks Group Therapy Live. My name is Kirk Henderson. I am Editor-in-Chief over at MavsMoneyBall.com. Thank you so much for joining me tonight on our first off-season group therapy. There's not too many people in here just yet because I suppose doing things off-schedule and outside of games is a little bit difficult. But I wanted to stream for a moment, just see if anybody wanted to talk and hang out because, you know, we we closed a little bit early after the Spurs game. It's been a few days of news and ongoing consensus of takes. The takes are flying. We are, it is, it is literally April 12th and I'm seeing the thirstiest Mavs fans in existence already wanting to talk Ah, trades and everything else under the sun. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I am am still a little bit tired uh, and trying to sort of mentally build up for the off season. Uh, like we like we said, you know, we still have roughly four and a half weeks until the NBA draft. So there's a lot we could talk about. A lot that that you know, has transpired some things we could review all sorts of elements like that. So I'm, I'm really interested to, uh, to hear what you guys have to say. So just remember at the top of the YouTube stream, there is a pinned post, a pinned post that will, um, discuss or that, that you can click into and come up here and get your takes off and talk with me. Uh, I really do like talking to you guys. That's, that's probably why I continue to, to do this show. Um, I really do enjoy this this early comment. Jeff Gatlin says, I hope we are done defending poor, helpless Tim McMahon. Tim is not in need of defending, but it has been pretty weird to see how many people don't understand how reporting works. Um, I've had some some really lengthy back and forth conversations with all sorts of different people that were essentially saying that because it was from an unnamed source, it's not something we should consider because Tim could build a story around unnamed sources to get an agenda across. And I think that would actually make sense 
if the story was beneficial to the Mavericks, but the Mavericks for the first time in a long time put out some sourcing where they sort of admitted fault. And I think admitting fault is, is important if this team is to ever figure out where they're going to go. Um, Leo asks me in the chat, you know, what's my favorite take so far? I think my favorite take so far with the playoffs not even having started yet um, is that we're going, Mavs fans are talking themselves into a trade of Kyrie Irving for DeAndre Ayton. That's, that's a fun one. Um, largely because the Suns haven't played a playoff minute and there's just so much that could happen. So it's it's like a, a great deal of of wish casting, which is which is a lot of fun. Um well, and and so just to go back to what I was talking about a second ago, I wish Jeff would come up, we could talk about this. You're asking a leading question to get an obvious answer so you can write about the worst case scenario as if that were the first domino. I just I don't understand that why why that would be the takeaway. Because the Dallas Mavericks were dog shit this year compared to last year, losing 14 more games. And if you want to say they, they tanked the last two, cause they did, let's just say 12 more games. Um, man, it, it's, it's just so it, it's one of these things where Luca was so clearly irritated by everything that you have to kind of begin to prepare yourself. Now, there were some really good uh there were some really good takes today. Let me see if I can go find I, I get so many direct messages. Um I got one from our guy Tyler, uh Tyler Edsel, who's not in here right now, but he shared with me a TikTok that I think might be worth um that might be worth bringing up to everybody. This was this was a good this was a good take. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it. So I'm gonna stream switch over and stream it, and then we can kind of um and kind of talk about it. And remember, if you want to come up on stage here and talk with me, all you got to do is click that link and you can come up here and we will, um, we will go with, uh, we will, uh, you know, have a conversation. So, all right, this is from a TikTok from, uh, Kofi who used to be a trade for Luka Dottich. This is one of those funny things where like a, a player is too good. And it's like, I, I I think I was, I forget which, I think it was the Lakers Hulu documentary, which I, which I seem to cite a lot for some reason, where Kobe was like looking for a trade, right? Kobe was looking for a trade, but the Lakers were like, no matter who we trade you to, the trade package is going to be so big that by the time you get there, you're going to be in the same exact position. Your team is still not going to be as good. I like this. So what are you going to do here? And I feel like Luca, it's probably the same thing where it's like the trade package for you is probably going to be so high that no matter where you go, it's probably going to be more of the same because you're just too good. I really like that uh, just as a, as an exercise and, and a thought because um, it's dead on accurate to where what the Nets did is find the perfect trade partner for for them uh where they're banking on you know they they got a really good player and mikhail bridges and they got a really good uh series of picks and they're okay with where they are um 
Leo Leo points out that 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 man just described the Carmelo to the Knicks trade. That's exact. That's exactly right. Um, so it, it as we broadcast, you know, I don't want to say potential things that could happen into the future. The thought that you know Luca might request a trade somewhere, it would make force just about any team to go nuclear. Um, and and that's something I'm gonna. I'm going to remember uh, kind of as, as, as this progresses into next year, because our current off season conundrum, you know, with four weeks to go till the, till the draft is we really have to be thinking about um, really have to be thinking about what, you know, the, the kind of paths are to where at the, at the moment they keep their pick stay at 10. That's a, the most likely scenario, 80% chance of that 20% chance fall out of the top, uh, the, the top 10 in, you know, somebody behind them leap, leapfrogs them, which would be pretty devastating. Uh, and then there's a you know, 3% chance they go up and get uh number one pick. And then I want it, to, it's, it's, it's not an insignificant chance to, to jump into the top four. I can't remember what the numbers are. Um, but that's, that's sort of where we, where we are at the moment. And, you know, when I, when we talk about this kind of at Mavs Moneyball, and then when we when we think about where the Mavericks go from here, um, I think we'll primarily discuss them keeping the pick at ten. So I, I think that's what I'm going to just kind of an editorial decision, and that's just for the next four weeks. You know, if, if it, we'll we'll discuss everything, but it's it's kind of pointless. Like I don't know, my my buddy Dalton likes to really do a lot of wish casting out into the future. And I think that that can be fun, but I also think it can kind of, it's a little bit of like a gambler's fallacy thing where if you, oh, we haven't won the lottery before. So therefore now we're going to win the lottery. And like that, unfortunately, is not how odds work. Uh, as one in the chat asks, do you think Kyrie stays? Um, much ado about nothing when Kyrie skipped his exit interview with the media. Uh, I don't really understand why there was like noise about that because the only questions they were going to ask him is if he was going to resign. And there's a reason that agents exist. You know, he gets to, he, he, he and his agent come to an agreement um, and, and what he's willing to take, what he's hoping for. And the question kind of becomes, do the Mavericks want to do that? And I have no idea what they'll offer him. No idea. Yeah, Jeff Jeff in the chat said most free agents skip the exit interview. And it's just, you know, I was pretty critical of the Kyrie trade because I'm not a, a Kyrie fan. Um, insofar as just some of the things that have happened over the course of his career, though I have enjoyed his time in Dallas. I just have had no problem with, with how he's interacted with the media. I think he's really been great. To you know, I think it helps that the Dallas media, much a thing that drives me nuts, is that the the Mavericks media is not confrontational enough with holding the team accountable for challenges and mistakes. But I think that also makes it a more friendly environment for for a guy like Kyrie Irving, who um, has been in media environments where all they do is ask him all sorts of stuff that he doesn't want to answer even though, you know, he, he's the one that kind of, you know, sticks in it. Um, earlier, my friend Rolo uh, asked if, if he's still in there, maybe he could come up. 
Uh, somebody asked how I, you know, what I think of um, Nico Harrison's comments yesterday. Comments is kind of an understatement. Our man Doyle Raider, who uh, writes fairly frequently at MavsMoneyBall.com, had just opted to transcribe everything Nico said yesterday. And between questions and answers, it was 3,000 words. Okay. I got a message from my editor today that said Nico Harrison is giving me strong Rob Palinka vibes, to which I said, well, at least Rob Palinka has autonomy because I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how, like, like what role Nico plays. Like his, his position is general manager, but does he run the day to day? It's, it's just, it's, it's really peculiar out there. Um, all right. So it's, it's been, you know, I've been yammering to myself for 10 minutes and we've not had anybody want to want to join the therapy session and that's perfectly okay. If, if no one wants to join, we will, we will end this, this chat a little bit earlier than intended. I'm not going to do it right now. I'll probably talk for a few more minutes, but part of the, the joy of the show over the last uh, several seasons has been the interactivity with you guys we did some after the game and i know we have a lot of people that don't want to um to come up on stage but i understand you can you can figure it out so this i like this comment from simon he says i feel like this kind of break for luca is going to do wonders for him probably hasn't been able to turn it off since 13 there's a reason why jordan had to take a break in the middle uh maybe there's big growth coming i i hope so I really hope so. I'm not sure if anybody listened to the the post game group therapy after the Spurs game and our man Marco over in um over in Slovenia who who's a sports journalist basically said that Luca has never failed before in the sense of uh in the same way the Mavericks failed this season. And sometimes you got to fail. Sometimes you got to fail. Uh I I I think it it could be not you don't want to say like like it, you, you have to take a step back to t- take a step forward sometimes. Okay, I see somebody down there that's that's opted to come up. So we have Frank. Frank, I'm going to add you to the stream. Welcome to the show, Frank. What's up? What's going on, man? Hey, good to see you. Hey, I uh, was just, just thinking. I'm sure you saw the uh, the McMahon and Bobby Marks thing today, the 38-minute podcast or whatever. It made me wonder, did you, uh, did you think any of those – trade talk to me about it i actually haven't gotten to it yet busy day at work well you've, you've already touched on one that's probably you've already touched twitter and that's the going after deandre Ayton. okay so that's where that came from interesting yeah yeah it was like the second of two one was like some pipe dream they were both pipe dreams really but one was like a draymond green whether either he signs his player option then requests a trade blah 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 or he doesn't take his player option and and then the other one was deandre deandre Ayton, but just wanted to know what you thought about those. If those were, do you think they're pipe dreamy or? I do. I think they're too pipe dreamy because there's got to be like buy-in with Kyrie. <laughs> and I don't think that Kyrie is going to want to like reuniting with Kevin Durant. I think they're probably still friends just guessing, but I also think it's probably one of those things where it didn't work. So why are we going to try it in a different place? It's just, it's just awkward too. I mean, can you imagine having, Tens of millions of people are just waiting to see how you guys dap up. Remember the That's whole right. Luca thing? You couldn't even. We were getting reports about, oh, Luca and KP mm-hmm. were dapping up. Oh my God, everything's right with the world. Can you imagine that? I mean, it's just weird. I can. <laughs> what was the other one? What was the other trade? Sorry. Frankie, there, you're still muted. Yeah, I can't remember. It was it was uh, Draymond. 
DeAndre. Oh yeah. Mm. That one's a little more interesting just because Draymond has so publicly negotiated and I want to say he has a player option. And if he opts in and then requests a trade, that strikes me as something that's actually in the realm of possibility because the Warriors are so far over the cap. I don't think their GM is actually going to come back. That's That's been sort of band, bandied about, even though, and, and, you know, Draymond's just such an interesting guy in that you wonder how his skill set would mesh with someone else. There's been times at certain points this year where he hasn't looked very good. From a sheer personality, I would be into it just because the Luca accountability factor, the man punched his own teammate while in practice. Like there's a, there's definitely a, 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 I don't give a fuck attitude. <laughs> yeah. He's still, I, I still think as for <clears throat> all the semantics with, with that guy, he's still a leader, dude. He still just exudes leadership. If you can just, if you could just for a second, you know, not look at the, the antics and the technicals mm-hmm. and the, all the bullshit, the guy, He's he's a leader and right. he could use some of that. So, oh, the other one was uh, the first one they actually led one with was a uh, was AD. Sorry if I sound out of breath. I just my 15 year old is he's at that age where he thinks he can take me in basketball. And oh no, no, you. Have I turned to into show a golfer him. and then he he has the energy of a 15 year old and he's trying to get me to tap into, you know, something I don't have anymore. So no, no, you have to show him. Dad's strength is real. I believe in you. I, I I believe in you. But <laughs> the AD one I hate with a fire of a thousand suns because I don't trust AD's body the end no. you know Dude, none of these sound they're all they're all disgruntled it's no i know no, no one's lining up to, to to send us you know some pipe dream so but right i'll conclude with that man have a good night thanks so much talk soon okay coming up next my man brandon who i did not get to the other night when i had to go how you doing friend welcome back to the show brandon give him a second you're uh you're on mute it's okay Sorry, can you hear me there now? There we go. Yeah, welcome. Can you hear me now, Kurt? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, thanks. Man, uh, so appreciate you for doing this. I was like, man, this, I thought it'd be a full house. A lot of people have a lot to say, but I guess not. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. it's going to take me a while because you got people get used to joining these after games, so now I'm going to have to set a schedule. And I think maybe one weeknight, a week i'm gonna do something like this and maybe we can get more of the people joining that were happening during the season also not enough has really happened yet to comment on so you know we'll we'll see so what do you got yeah, for the us only tonight reason i remember is you had brought up i remember you had brought it up on wednesday um that you were going to bring it up but um there there was a comment about the um mavs worst season and you know that how they fell off after making the playoffs, well, after making the Western Conference Finals uh, back then, and I guess kind of um, the same situation now, how they have similar parallels, how they made it one year and didn't make it the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they made it by chance, and um, it's kind of unfortunate how that team – um, was kind of blown up, and this one kind of self-imploded. Um, so I think that talent-wise, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say because they're all NBA players. But um, I think in both instances, you can look at the, I guess, 
the brass to say that a lot of it had to do with um, the situations. Um, as for like, you know, the shrimp situation, him going to Indiana and Aguirre. Well, you know, I think Aguirre wanted to leave because he wanted to win. Um, but in both instances, you look at Aguirre and look at Jalen Brunson. I'm like, man, you know, even now, Isaiah's, if you watch some of his, his interviews, he said that he don't think they would have won without Mark Aguirre. Right. And if Dallas, if, if New York, you know, it's New York, but in in a scenario where they do become successful, you know, how much that would you credit to, to Jalen? Um, so uh, it's, even though it's a different regime, you would think that Dallas would learn from past issues about, you know, uh, self-imploding. Well, how many teams have we seen in the last 10 years get ahead of themselves in their building process, the Hawks, the Blazers, now the Mavericks. And you can't, as an organization, you cannot assume you're going to always be back in the same position. And that's what made their off season last year. We all had to talk ourselves into it. Cause I think everybody understood that they got worse. Only Luca had been getting better every year. So it's like, Oh, well, Luca's going to come in and be an MVP candidate. And for the first 40 games, he was, and, and, you know, he's still going to finish all NBA, but, the, you know, they, they just needed more. And uh, sometimes things are just bad luck. But I, I hearing Nico Harrison yesterday, because he gave a really long press conference, what he, he a lot of what he said yesterday was the same thing he said after the Western Conference Finals, which it doesn't alarm me, but it, it's 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 a little concerning because it says to me that they still don't really know how to build. And and granted, because they have Kyrie to sign, I think that that is going to be the pivot point because either, they either sign Kyrie or they don't, and that can change everything else. Um, it, and just thinking of it from a fan's perspective, as like the building process of Dallas, um, on a micro scale, I could say that you know, Dallas does terrible at building teams, but, you know, from a broader lens, you brought up Atlanta and Portland. Um, a lot of guys aren't running to play with Dane and, and Trey and a lot of teams. And I don't know who brought it up. It could have been Mad Dog, could have been Stephen A. Somebody brought it up that players only want to play for four or five teams. Yeah. And you're lucky, and these teams are lucky to get to where Sacramento and Cleveland are because is by chance these teams are just successful for whatever reason. Um, and, but Cleveland and Sacramento are kind of testimonies of what time can do. Yeah. Trial and error, if you want to call it that, but time in general, there was a plan in place. And I think a lot of people had credited Vlade for the plan that was put in place by uh, Sacramento. I don't know, you know, exactly to what extent it's relative now, but they credited him for that plan. Um, you could go back to the to the Donnie Nelson days. Dallas has always been this shoot from the hip, you know, running gun team that lives and die by the three. There was never really a, a solid plan for establishing some type of um, um, culture 
you know, the Spurs has a culture. Utah had a culture. The Mavericks been. culture was Dirk. The Mavericks culture was Dirk, and it was after a while when Rick got there, three point shooting, and that that's not a culture. That's a that's a lifestyle. If you want to say it in the NBA term, in context, of the NBA, they never had a culture. So now the Dirk's gone. They left up on Luca. You know, I guess it was dice again, but it didn't work. So. Um, I don't know how my point is I don't know how capable they are to develop in some type of culture because they don't have that culture building um, front office and they never really did. Culture stuff is so difficult because it requires a level of continuity and it's funny we complain a lot about how the Mavericks have had the same guys but outside of Luca being young you know, and then they bring in kid, like the culture factor, it, it, it really, really was Brunson. And it, that's what makes it so frustrating because there's not really anything to do other than sort of start over. And I, I it's why this draft is just so stinking important. Um, they could really change a lot of things. I mean, I, I, I know there's a lot of folks that think they're going to trade the 10th pick. I don't want them to, cause I just like draft picks. You know, I, I part of why I, I am so hard on Josh Green and Jaden Hardy is because they don't have the the honest the, the blue chipness. Like they, Dallas doesn't get like Luca was the first blue chip guy. I guess you can consider Dennis to a degree, but Dennis was six foot one with a six foot one wingspan. Like I was never there was a limit there, and it's like like the ability to go get a top ten guy or luck into a top four pick is just so tantalizing. And I'm I'm really I'm excited and I'm also nervous and it, it it's just such an important summer. There's just no other way around it. And I wonder how they I wonder how they're preparing it for that tenth pick because they swing and miss so much on players that they want. Mm-hmm. And you had brought it up before, like Shane Larkin, like you know who takes Shane Larkin with the last pick in the first. And in my mind, I'm like, who takes seventeenth no, uh, or whatever it was that they got 17th. him. They traded back. Yeah, yeah. So who takes Justin Anderson? And, and you know, what, who's making these decisions to you know pull in these? these well, Mark players? doesn't. Mark doesn't value the draft, in my opinion. And yeah. as a longtime Mavs fan, you will remember the summer or the the 2000 NBA draft, which ended up being like historically one of the worst ever. Uh, And the Mavericks had multiple picks that year. And the only one that panned out out of, I want to say five between the first and second round, the only one that panned out was Eddie Nahara. And he was the last one. And he was one that Mark Cuban says that he took. Like he was, he he, he was on a podcast this last, uh, during the year where he said that was my guy. And okay, fine, you know, whatever. But it's just every, when when you when you run into problems, I think those things stick in your head, and it would mine. But it's just so funny over the past twenty years, some of my favorite players, your Josh Howards, your Mark, I guess Marquis Daniels was a free agent, uh, undrafted free agent like uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. But like paying attention to youth matters because you get the, you know, not all of them are going to shake out, but it's, it's just, it's like minor league baseball. It's that's how your pipeline is just so much. I don't want to say easier to control, 
but banking on trades and free agents is just so risky. If you if you remember, it was a while, and this this is having so like this is just Jerry Jones in the draft room. A lot of a lot of times, the Mavericks would draft an overseas player, shelve them for so many years so they don't have to play them like four years, and then take them off of the roster. Right. I can't remember the exact years, but he did it. He did a year. It wasn't maybe consecutive years, but it was several years that he would draft overseas player not playing for those four years and then you know that he would have to pay him or put him on the roster now in my mind i'm like this dude has no interest in even looking at talent his mindset was you know go after darren williams go after jason Kidd, go after this person go after that person without considering youth and um it showed in the you know showed in the, in the roster yeah but you know i, I think going in with Josh Lawson, um, Hardy, Luca, and Kyrie. That's not the best, but that's actually talent and some athleticism, raw talent. I, I I don't hate it. I I, right. I will say, uh, my man Dwight can't remember his Twitter handle because it's got numbers that start with it's like it's he's from Detroit, I think, and then he and then he lives in Dallas. But he said something that's going to stick with me all off season. He says, Luca, Kyrie, Hardy, Josh Green. Four guards, because Josh Green is a guard. He's six five. Like he's not big enough to guard. Like you saw him next to KD. He looks small. It's best that people don't get married to all four guards being on the team forever, just because you have to move stuff. Um, I, now Mavs are terribly stubborn, so it wouldn't shock me if they keep all four. But that's just I. I don't think they're gonna go get another guard. It, it, you know, they're they're really looking for wing talent. Dallas is always guard heavy, but I don't know. That, like you said, they need to they need to get off of that. And, and just one more thing, I don't think that, and I don't I don't think that bringing J- Draymond in to be like a locker room veteran would work because it's like fitness square peg in a round hole. Bringing him in for one reason, Luca may look at that, and that's where conflict would come in. So instead of him coming in to add to the team building he's coming in to control it and yeah. i don't think that a superstar is going to relinquish his dominance the alpha male the prideful one like you said luca is is going to relinquish his dominance in kowtow or, or or really listen to somebody that's total opposite of what's from what i've seen luca is regarding how he treats other people the history of how draymond treated other people right i don't think that that would be conducive so i don't know they may just have to um stick with it for a couple more years like a lot of these teams are and, you know as a mass fan just be realistic and well all right see that's what that's what makes some of this really maddening is they're so com- it, it feels like to a degree marcus and meaning mark cuban is so committed to being right that he will do things at the expense of the team and i like Let's just use Jason Kidd for an example. Jason Kidd is lower down my list of problems. Really is, even though he drives me nuts. The roster is a bigger problem to me. Jason Kidd has won over 45 games in a season one time. That was last year. He is remarkably meh. And coaches, there's no salary cap for coaches. I don't know who they would go get, which is part of why I'm not like really married to them moving on from him. 
But that they're sitting here saying, okay, we're going to go into Luca year six with this guy because that's what we're going to do. I, I hate it. It just, it, it makes me very frustrated because it doesn't seem like it was ever even a consideration. And I don't understand how he didn't do a good job this year. Like he lost them games and, and there's just elements of this that I feel like the Mavericks could fix relatively easily, but because it would admit it would require kind of an, an admission of, of a mistake, uh, they just didn't they just didn't do it. You know, I, everybody keeps telling me about the amazing coaching that he did last year in the playoffs. And like, I'm trying to remember what any of those things were outside of the fact that they played seven guys and those guys all knew their jobs really well. He also, like a rumor, think of a lot of where the coach and players wasn't seen out of the most notable piece when uh, Dwight Howard and Ben Bundy got into it. It seemed like after that, the team chemistry kind of went down. Yeah. Um, it seems like yeah. the places where Scott Scott was coaching. That was what I felt after the Laker game when he basically like threw Luca like he was right to criticize Luca, but he didn't do it by name. And then he and it just and then he also took no accountability. And I I felt like the season really went to hell after that loss. Um, I I could be really overreading it, but it's just it's it's something that's stuck in my head. So yeah, and I, I think. You know, uh, just one more. I think that just looking how they played on the court this year, they didn't look like they were having fun like last year. So, sure. to me, that's probably the implication of locker room things. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me, Brandon. Thank you, Kirk. Appreciate it. All right, we'll talk soon. Okay, so so just while everybody's here, um, you know, I want you to go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Click that bell too; you get notified for for live rooms. Um, shout out to my guy in the chat. Uh, what's his name? Where did he go? Leonardo basically telling me I need to make more thumbnails for these things because it will affect, you know, who can pop it, it, the algorithm of where they, they go. If anybody wants to make me a thumbnail, I don't know how to do certain stuff. I'm a 38 year old database manager. I don't know, like, like any learning how to a new skill at this point is like, I'm live streaming guys. I, I need a, I definitely need a light. I definitely need a better camera. Uh, I definitely need more stuff behind me. You guys will will notice that my uh, that that this fell down, and so I I just there's a lot of stuff I need to work on. Uh, trust me, um, and and I know it, but it's a matter of of not making perfect the enemy of the good, which uh, it's this is tough. Micah, I just saw you in there, and then you bounced. I I hope you click back in because I was just getting ready to bring you up on stage. Okay, there's my friend Micah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, Micah, what is up? We can't Hunter, hear can you. you hear me? Now we can. Yes. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I just jumped on the sneeze doing a live. What's going on? You know, just I, I need for me, I operate best off a of routine. So now I got to figure out what I want my our, our off season routine to be. I'm hopeful to do this once a week. Um, and we will figure out time. I like doing it a little earlier just so I can hang out with my wife before she goes to bed. But if people want me to do it later, then I will. We'll we'll figure this out. Uh, so I yeah, I'm just uh watching the end of the bowl season right now. That's pretty much mm-hmm. about it right now. So break for the playoffs. Just I'm curious what's gonna happen several and I'm really curious about this New York and Cleveland matchup to see how that goes. But I'm too um, I am too, because they have the kind of length which should theoretically bother Jalen Brunson. There's like four teams in the league that I think, like the Clippers are one of them, that could really bother Brunson. Um, that, that's That'll probably be the most fun matchup. That's, that's, yeah, but that's that's the problem. They There's only one prototype of player that gives Brunson problems. And if you don't have three of those guys, then it's too easy to just get that guy switched off of them. And if you're a small guard, you're cooked. If you're big, you're cooked. That's the description of their team outside of Evan Mobley, maybe. Well, I'm going to be curious because Mitchell, Mitchell very clearly wasn't playing defense last year. Um, so his ability to like just try and he has a massive wingspan. Um, that's what made it so weird when he was just bad. And, and I don't know. I, I like, I, I, I like Cleveland's chances. I, I, that, but that, that's what makes this a great, a great series. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think. Right. All right. I'm, I'm just, I'm watching all these different teams because it's, it's kind of, it's proven my point a lot. I've always said an issue with Dallas is outside of the duo, I think there's a lot of lazy analysis going on right now. Like, um, oh, yeah, the greatest one, uh, Lucas uh, uh, Carmelo now. (laughs) That was was an amazing one. Colin Cowherd is not my favorite. But the man talks to himself. Like, I talked to myself for 10 minutes before I was like, okay, I'm out of gas. Can right. somebody come help me? That guy talks for three hours at a time, like, every day to himself. And so it's like, you're going to you're yeah. gonna have some stinkers. You're, the mellow I, – I, re- I love early stage Carmelo. But, like, him and Luca are nothing alike. Like, nothing alike. No. No, it's just um, – it's just – it's a lot of people being disingenuous. All you got to do is like, like at first I was looking at it with like, say 20 teams in the league. 
And then I even looked at it. I don't wonder if that's Micah's internet or mine because he was talking and then he just froze. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. But they they simultaneously have a top five duo while also having a bottom five core. Mm. Like the three people that we start, I can't really think of outside of Luvia and Kyrie, I can't think of maybe even five teams that they start for. And it's just, it's been this constant malpractice for over a decade that's eventually led us to this point, what we're looking at now. Um, the devaluation of mid-level guys, like letting Tyson Chandler walk just to see him go be all-star, first team all defense, DPOY, his first two seasons with New York. So just like that, we only mark it feels like after the championship team, he has just wanted to run this like a fantasy basketball team. Because, I mean, he basically called himself out in the interview. He is the GM. And it's it's hilarious that um, he talked about how people were nervous about him being an owner because they were worried he would be the Jerry Jones of the NBA. And here we are. He's a Jerry Jones of the NBA. Right. It took him 10 years, and then he just kind of lost steam. And so I, I had one person describe him to me as the person who makes all the final decisions, but he doesn't really participate in any of the work to get to the final decisions. And so he, you know, like this this will kill people. It's four years later. But I had heard on a rumor, pretty good rumor, that – the Mavericks had not like before free agency 2019, they had the opportunity. Uh, they, they basically had a, a deal in place with uh, my favorite, my favorite shooting guard in the NBA, uh, Alex Caruso, only for the Mavericks to change their mind and go with Boban instead. Like, boom. God, now, God. it's four years. That's ago. a good point. It's unverifiable. So, but I, 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 again, like I've mentioned lately how I, I hear stuff all the time. Like I heard this long, 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 long time ago. And so it's just like, okay, well that was before Caruso really blew up. It's like, oh. well, instead it's just, it's, it's like the, you have basketball people in place to do basketball yeah. things. You have to let them do the basketball things. And I feel like the structure of the Mavericks front office is better than it was by the time Donnie Nelson left. Cause Donnie was not interested in basketball. I just, I really feel that way. Donnie had so much side stuff going on around Dallas that the Mavericks were not his first thing. And, you know, uh, Cuban was listening to her all about Vulgaris by a ton at that point, at least now I feel like there's like a hierarchy where yeah, Cuban sits at the top of it, but it's kid and Nico. Those are the two people who he listens to. Um, and it's, it's, at least there's a structure and the problem now is that they're so far behind the eight ball. They only have limited moves they could make. Like it was truly wild to hear kid be like, none of these guys are going to be back basically after the, um, 
which game was that? Uh, the Bulls game. And then, like, we see uh, who was it? It was one. Oh, shoot. Um, uh, my man kicked himself off stage because his internet stinks. Uh, we had a couple, like, it was um, one of one of the twins and then uh, Markeith Morris and then our, 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 our least favorite uh, podcaster um, and triple double machine. Uh, why are Nate, why are like the Mavericks players names slipping my mind? That's how tired I am. Um, those guys are acting like the, the acting like they're going to be back. Like none, you know, realistically, I think the Mavericks should do their best to find all new guys. And that includes like Dwight Powell, who it's like, Oh, well, he could come back for a minimum deal. And it's like, no, cause that means he's still going to get like 20 minutes a game. It'll, it'll drive me crazy. If, if, you know, most of these guys are back. It, it, they have to find a way to move on from some of these guys and truly have a fresh start. I mean, when Dirk Nowitzki was, uh, you know, if you look at like their teams in the early 2000s, you had the Nash team with him and Finley, and then they moved on from Nash, and then they had the team from like 2005 to 2008-ish, and then they started turning over guys again because 2008 was when they went and got Jason Kidd. Uh, and then they played that string through up until 20, you know, 2010, 2011, the championship season when they brought on Tyson, just very luckily because they had Brandon Haywood signed into a deal and they had to go tell him, Hey, we're, we have a chance at Tyson. Do you mind? Um, so it's, it, there's just not been near enough turnover with this Mavericks team with the kind of player that, that Luka Doncic is. And I think they've, they've sort of finally, finally figured that out. Um, okay. So Sorry to to lose my man, uh, who who Micah, who was up here, looked like his internet died on him. Um, if anybody else wants to come up and chat, uh, please please do hit that notification. Otherwise, I'm probably going to close this one up. It's been about forty minutes of rambling. Um, as always, I appreciate the feedback. I've gotten some really uh, good feedback both on the audio, which I can't really do a ton about. Um, I'm not an audio engineer. Uh, video, I think. Josh and I can both improve surroundings. We'll figure that out. But my wife, my, like my bedroom is like right on, on the other side of this. So my wife occasionally is like, you're not, you're not doing this. Um, wow. Okay. Cliff, thank you for this. Bobby Marks said that the Matt Lucas sign uh, was the first Mav to sign a rookie extension since Devin Harris in 2008. That's nearly impossible. It's really not when you think about uh, who all came through because you know, Roddy Bobois, they moved away from him. They moved off of Shane Larkin. They moved off Dominic Jones. They moved off of uh, the guy from UVA. And it it really is, it takes longer than you might think because you really got to get the right guy. Like Josh, they'll re-sign Josh Green this summer. Um, so we'll see. So this is this is an interesting comment. Um, let's see, it was, where, where did it go here? He said, you know, drop a... Uh, Angela says, you know, drop everyone else. And what do you think Luca will think? Relationships matter. It's a good comment and a good point, though. I do think Luca wants to win because he was okay with them shipping off Dorian Finney-Smith, who was his best friend. Uh, he clearly is not pleased about them missing out on Brunson. So we'll we'll and none of us are at this point uh we got a new uh caller in the in the waiting room i'm gonna bring up matt matt welcome to the show what's up tonight hey can you hear me i can we can see it too thank you for using your camera 
Yeah, yeah. Um, this is my first time on the new platform, the YouTube platform. So uh, for some reason, though, I don't get – I turned on your alerts uh, to get notified when you go on, but I didn't get this alert, so my bad. I, well, it's okay. I mean, that's why we'll talk for a while. I'll try to do these on a schedule, and I'll start announcing it on other shows just so – because, you know, this goes to the podcast feed. I'm going to do a Moneyball Minute probably Friday morning. Josh Bo and I might record tomorrow night too. Um, we'll figure, I'm still willy nilly. Cause it's like, I'm worried if I stop doing stuff, I just won't pick it up again because like I watched like four episodes of Picard last night was like, this is great. <laughs> I don't have to think about basketball, but the problem is I like talking to everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. So for sure. What are you thinking tonight? Yeah. Um, so I'll be honest, like, um, as a fan, uh, after the Lakers game, I pretty much stopped watching. <laughs> the Lakers game that we blew yes. the 26, 29 point lead, whatever it was. Um, I I am really, I, I feel like I am a diehard Mavs fan, but man, I, I was just like, yo, like this is time that I feel like I could be doing something else right now. Um, and it was just uh, this, I uh, getting to the end of the season, I wasn't really so much pissed. I was just sad really like um and uh but i will say that i think nico's um press conference was fairly encouraging for the most part um i like that he said that the season was unacceptable mm-hmm. um and that specifically came from uh a question about like how he would respond to fans i guess that um are frustrated and you know his first answer to that was uh they should be frustrated. Like I'm frustrated. He's saying all the things I wish kid would say, <laughs> you know, like he's taking ownership. Like I wish kid would, you know? Yeah. That's a good point. Like it's, it's the little, the little gestures go a long way. Like Carlisle did it too much where he was just like, this is on me. And it's like, no man. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Um, when he was asked about how the, the job that Jason kid did, I he didn't say he did a good job or a bad job. He just said he's our coach, and uh, when you don't meet your goals, um, everyone has to be evaluated, including myself. And yeah. I thought that that was that was like super encouraging to me because I was concerned he was going to be like, yeah, he did a good job, and you know tried to kind of spin it in a certain direction, but he kind of gave a fairly neutral answer, but. Um, I, I actually asked the Locked On Mavs guys this. I'm kind of curious to get your take. Do you think that Jason Kidd will have a bit of a shorter leash next season? Meaning, like, if the team gets off to a bad start, like, could you see Nico pulling the plug, basically? No, and saying, hey, it would, it like would a- require – this is a great question. It would require a player doing it. Chris Middleton basically was like, I'm not playing for this guy anymore. I'm going to go be injured until he's done. And they were roughly 500 when when that happened um i'm pretty sure it's not been reported anywhere but i i am very confident in saying that uh so that's it's it's nuts it it, i'm pretty sure he's gonna be here until luca or somebody is like all right no thank you and they must all have good working relationships you know they Mm -hmm. all seem to clearly like him i mean i always love when like kelly kaplan got some people on on a record where she's uh, josh green is like oh yeah he's great it's like what do you 
Like, if you ask me on the record if I love my boss, love him. Great guy. Coolest dude in the world. <laughs> yeah. What are you supposed right. to say? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I remember you saying that, and I think it was a podcast with Josh. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of how I'm feeling on things. You know, I, I think I try and stay optimistic for the most part. Well, not um, watching will keep you optimistic. So you, you did that. That's that's a great call. Like cuz I you missed you missed all the losses. Yeah, I I mean, I kept up with like the scores and everything, but no, I just I used to watch every minute of every game and then it just got to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like this is just uh like I could be doing other things with my time and you know, that made me be less of a fan, I don't know. But um Anyway, I felt like I was going to say something else and I just can't remember, but, um, no, but I love, I love this new platform that you got going on, uh, and hoping to hop on more for sure. Sure. No, I'll I'll try to do these regularly and, you know, Josh and I are going to keep recording. We'll figure some stuff out. I I really want to do a live one the night of the draft of the draft lottery, but like, I'm pretty sure my wife is out of town in the draft lottery. It's usually it's usually it's Eastern conference finals. You, it's like, it's around the conference finals that, that time. And the games are usually at that point, all prime time. And I'm like, can I get my child to bed or should I have my child sit in on the live show? That would probably be stupid. Cause he would just like, yeah, like he's, he's, he's like, he's like a, a Twitter reply guy where he just wants to know what's going on all the time. But um, yeah, please join. Tell, tell friends um, the whole point of this show. Part of why I did this, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Nick and Isaac are in the same boat. It's like, you just want to talk basketball with your friends. And no one that, I, I mean, now that I live in Dallas, it's a lot easier. It's like, I'm still getting used to the fact that I drive around. It's like, oh, people with Mavs gear, this is cool. Um, but I, I like being able to like talk with people about it because like Twitter sucks, replies of of uh, to articles all suck. Like everybody's just mean unless they're like actually talking. So this is this has been fun. Yeah, I do. I do remember something I was going to say. Oh, cool. Um, Let's hear it. Yeah. So I, I had asked the locked on guys that question because they have this new uh, subtext thing that you can support them and be able to text the locked on Mavs guys. Cool. And they'll text you back and stuff. It's pretty cool so far. Um, and uh, I asked him the same question and Nick was like, I don't think so. It would take like an O and 10 start for something like that to happen. Um, and I could definitely see that. I uh, I then told him, I was like, you know, it's should they versus will they are like two different questions, you know, to consider when it comes to the front office. And since this front office is new, it's kind of hard to predict that as well. Um, like, who knows if Nico would make a move like that? Um, like you said, if a player demands it, then you kind of have to, I think, at that point. And I think he would at that yeah. point. But but yeah, um, yeah. But we'll we'll see, I guess. Because <laughs> um, I mean, after after a season like this, I feel like most coaches would be, you know, in the unemployment line. But I mean, I Avery Johnson just, was fired a year after going to the finals, right? And uh, but the fact that after. I can't remember. No, he was fired right. mid two thousand eight. That's what it was. Yes. He, 
Right. He, yeah. he got fired, ironically enough, after not playing Jason Kidd. That's that's one of the things that will stand out in my mind forever because Jason Kidd was traded from the Spurs and he didn't put him. Uh, no, it was at the it was a Spurs game where he took Jason Kidd out at the end because he said Kidd didn't know the plays. And it was like, this is Jason Kidd we're talking about. Why are you doing this? Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think if like the maps were to get into like a really bad start, there's other things to consider too. Um, if kid kept doing the goofy, like no timeouts when most coaches would, or some weird rotation stuff, I think that would play a big factor too. Um, so there's a, there's a whole bunch of things that go into, I think like when you think about his job security and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, but, um, for the most part, I'm completely out on kid, but I kind of understand giving him another season, you know, but it better be just another season. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, you never like things change really quickly. I mean, like, look at it, it's sometimes all it takes is a day and things go, go to hell. So we're, we're about to, we're about to find out, but thanks once again, Matt, for joining. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll look to, to uh, contribute more for sure. Appreciate it. Talk soon. Yeah, thanks. We got one more guy coming in. My man, David. David Trink, who writes for Mavs Moneyball. What's up, guy? What's up, Kirk? How are you? Can you hear me? Just, uh, yeah, we can hear you great. Just, uh, you know, doing internet streaming like a youth. But I'm old. There you go. So. Uh, yeah. I wanted to come in here and talk about uh, how you were saying before, the Mavs roster needs, like, complete turnover, mm. um, which I agree. Uh I tweeted the other day, you know, they need to, if, if two or three guys outside of Luca and Kyrie are, uh, are on the roster next year, it's not going to be what the Mavs need. It's not going to be a good enough off season. Like it needs to be the six, five, six, seven through 15 guys. A true like shuffling. Like even if you're moving for not great guys, like we need different, not great guys. Right. And I was thinking about it and it's like, and I, I think I might write about, or I'm probably going to write about this, but you know, you can always, even though we do need change, it can always be worse. It doesn't have to be good change. There could always come bad change. And like, I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, the Mavs need better players. They need different players. Mm. How are they going to do that? And so we hopefully will retain the pick. I mean, God, if they don't, if they don't retain their pick, I mean, that's, uh, that's a whole nother conversation, yep. but they retain the pick. Let's say, okay. They have to resign Kyrie. And I think Kyrie has to resign with Dallas to get the money that he wants. Um, then they have Tim, I guess. And those are like, their three big assets really. Like I'm looking at it. I'm like, how are they going to up upgrade the roster? Like pretty much everyone, I guess, Hardy and Josh green are two guys that, theoretically are dispensable but i like hardy a lot and i like josh green too as a a role player yep um so it's like you know you wouldn't want to get give get rid of those guys especially because they're like the youngest guys on the team um and so it's like where where is this turnover going to come from like everyone outside of the guys i've already named it's like you're if you trade them you can only trade them for guys that are like equal or worse so it's like it's like, yeah, we, we need, we need change, but like the, the expectations shouldn't be that this change will completely turn it around. It's like, we could end up with more Reggie Bullocks 
and more Maxi Klebas, and but, that would not surprise me. But I wouldn't hate that because it's different than Reggie Bullock and Maxi Kleba because That's we've true. just seen this this movie before. Like Maxi, Maxi right. for for if you play Maxi fifteen minutes a game. Granted, his so extension bad. is he's got what three more years on his extension. I'm not yeah. sure what the market would be for him. He's not. He's probably overpaid, but I also think he has a like a, a strong reputation. Um, and so that's what he's, I think he's living on that right now. Right. So like, could you trade him to an honest to God contender? Could you trade him to the bucks for something? I don't, I'm just making something up here. Yeah. Like would one of your top five teams in the league be willing to eat Maxi Kleba in exchange for something that's not working out for them? And I think the answer to that honestly is yes. Probably. Uh, and you know, you, you kind of go down the lineup, like, we all would have said Maxi Cleve is not tradable. We all would have said Tim Hardaway is not tradable. And I think to a degree, Tim Hardaway went from being like, we were ready to like, is is this the worst contract in the league type stuff? And now yeah. he's he's been a, he had a pretty good year. And I think that, you know, the right team might be interested in that. And I don't want to do the wish casting crap where we start throwing teams out there, but that's that's kind of what where 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 it is at the moment, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Marcellus says Grayson Allen. I would die. But that is the kind of thing that I'm. Th- it's like it's like one not yeah. great guy for a different not great guy, right? Yeah. See, I mean, I completely agree about we need to change it up just because I'm tired of watching the same story over and mm-hmm. over. But I'm also very afraid that they're going to change. Like they don't. I mean, they don't have a track record that we can look at and say, okay, like change will. It can't get worse, you know, because it could get worse. They hired Jason Kidd. Um, but they did, you know, like we have to give some credit from the fact that, okay, I still know Cubans at the center of this, but they moved on from Porzingis. Yes, true. they whiffed on Brunson. Yes, they signed JaVale. So one good thing, two bad things. And then they brought on Kyrie, which I think in a basketball sense was a good gamble. And in everything else sense, we're probably going to get hurt because that's the way the Kyrie, Kyrie experience works. But for now, it's been okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I think, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm really interested to see where they're going to go this summer because theoretically, I mean, thinking about it to like really balance out the team in a way that, uh, Luca needs to have a contender. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, the easiest path is like a big sign and trade for Kyrie for something for because if you sign if you re-sign Kyrie and then you work around him and Luca and trade these ancillary pieces I mean like what are we what are we getting really that will move the needle for these other guys I guess Tim could like if you trade if someone is you know dumb or smart enough to trade Tim to trade like some wing defender kind of like guy that can attack for Tim and you got a guy like that. Like, I, don't, I have no idea who that would be. You just got to take big. I, I honestly think big swings are in mind. Like Cuban has referenced a couple of times how he only does stuff if he thinks their Mavs are going to be big winners. I don't think you can do that. I think there there's something. It's like a fantasy football trade where everybody walks away mildly annoyed. But it's a different look. And that's really what the Mavericks need is a different look. Right. Yeah. And, uh <clears throat> To go back to Kid, I think I said this earlier in the season, but um, you know, 
obviously I don't think kid was that great this year, but to his credit, the roster didn't do him any favors. Like, um, I mean, Joe Missoula does the same thing that kid does where he doesn't call timeouts. He lets his guys play through and the Celtics, I mean, the Celt- no one thinks the Celtics uh, are worse because of their head coach. Like he has players that he can do that for. Uh, like obviously their roster is much more well-rounded and can withstand a punch because guys can dribble. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like if kid did have a better roster, I think like we've seen him be good at times. He has done good things. Not, he hasn't put it together for, you know, X amount of time, but he has been good at times. So I would be interested to see if they do shake up the roster, they get hopefully better players, um, what he can do with that. And I know like, obviously we've talked about uh, him never really having putting two years back to back, like good years back to back. Uh, But like, yeah, I just, I I think, I also think that his uh, assistant coaches matter a lot. I think, uh, Igor losing Igor hurt, especially Luca. Um, and I think if they like can shore up the roster and maybe, I don't, I mean, I don't know if the assistant coaches are even on their mind, but if they can get some sort of shakeup in the coaching staff, I mean, yeah. like what does Jared Dudley do? Is Jared Dudley really him pining for like a, for like he wants to be a future head coach. That was the thing that was like put out into the void and it's like, what? Yeah, like I, I mean, gotta, maybe uh, one day. I just, do I don't know. Whatever. I don't yeah, want to kill the I, guy. Knowing my yeah. luck, knowing my luck, he would like join the chat and ask to come up on stage, and I'd be have to be like, "I'm sorry, Jared. I just, I don't like." To me, you're like the guy in office space who's like, "I, I take the specs to the customers," and it's like, "What? <laughs> no." So. Yeah, they have. I feel like the Mavs have a lot of guys where you go, "What? What does he do exactly?" Including <sighs> players. That's right. And I think, like, I mean, you have to get rid of a Theo where it's like, I mean, even though this is probably bad timing considering his most recent performance, but, um, you know, like you have to have, you have to take, or you have to pay attention to every single spot on the roster. Like it has to matter. Uh, They have, they cannot just be signing any more vibes guys anymore because the vibes will be terrible in the end when we lose. Yeah. Um, you know what corrects so, vibes? Winning. Yeah, that's true. So. Winning, winning heals all. And uh, they did not do that this season. So, that's right. yeah, I just wanted to bring that to the forefront that uh, I know everyone's expecting change and expecting it to be good. I know I am. I'm hoping for it to be good. I'm expecting change. I'm hoping it's good. But, like, there is a chance that they could turn over this roster and it could be worse. It can always get worse, Mavs fan mantra. And with kid, like the I know I I don't want kid here anymore, um, but they could always hire a worse coach. It's true. That's the yeah. The the couple of people pointed that out to me. Probably that's a good take. Yeah, which is probably uh, worse than getting worse players. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, taking time out of your uh, Wednesday to to hang out with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, man. That was David Trink. He is a con contributor over at MavsMoneyBall.com. We appreciate his time. Coming up next then, and lastly, perhaps, is my friend John. John, welcome to the show again. Look at you. You you made it again. (laughs) What's up, man? Dude, I just walked in from trivia downtown. 
So I can uh, speed walking home in the thing. Yeah, he's like you watch you watch the journey. So to David's point, could they hire a coach worse than Jason Kidd? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You think because Kidd Kidd is the 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 main thing to remember for Kidd is that he carries a certain level of cachet because he's Jason Kidd. Um, yeah. he can lose that. But do you remember when the Bulls hired uh boy like uh Boylan was that his name? He was a longtime bench coach. He coached the the team uh, USA at the Worlds, but he just was not an NBA head coach. And yeah. there's a lot of guys that are like that that just kind of hit their ceiling, and they might be liked, but they might they're not listened to over an 82 game year because being an yeah. NBA head coach is about X's and O's. But I would argue it's probably much more akin to like being a, a like a a, a manager. Because you just, yeah. you got to deal with people's, you know, temperaments. You got to figure out what's bothering them. You, you got to be a little bit of a therapist. Like there's all sorts of stuff going on to be a head coach, I think. Yeah, you're you're in and out uh, like all day. And so I I, I totally get that. Uh, I do. I, David said like they got to get away from this vibes-based mm-hmm. thing. That seems right to me. That like they have been riding on vibes for a minute. Yeah. Uh and and trusting the vibes. And uh and the, and as you and I have talked about over the last week or two, like the Mavs teams with Dirk, uh they shuffled guys in and out so much. Like that like they changed the roster over every year. Like that year they lost to the Nuggets in the second round had so many guys that like do not matter and did not matter. And they just, they rolled them in and rolled them out. I was like, Oh, that doesn't fit. That guy doesn't fit. And I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't know how they, how you get back to that. Cause they blew so many assets on Porzingis. They blew so many assets. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how you get back to that, but it's, it's clear that like Luca and Kyrie is something you can build around Josh green and, um, Hardy, I think can play like they're NBA players. Yeah, but uh, but th- th- it's like, yeah, Dwight. Pa- you can kind of see it's like, oh, Dwight Powell. They like the vibes. Yeah, versus the talent, and and um, I mean, I was just I was a like I said, it was a trivia, and I and the Bulls. Raptors game was on, and I was like, "If you swapped Luca for Zach Levine onto the Bulls, that te- or just swap the role players from the Bulls onto the Mavs, I think that team is." I just want I, pretty I just good. Like, I just want some good players, like just good. Like they have good players. Like, like I, I would like to see it. Like that's more. Yeah. Than, it's like we've seen this movie so many times, and because Bullock worked, they're like, "Okay, we're just gonna roll this. We're gonna roll it out again. We're gonna see how you know." And that drives me yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, just, just. Sorry, I'm on my phone. I don't know where to look. I'm very sorry. Don't worry. It's yeah. like look, yeah. you know, just just look at your screen. That's There's all I do. forty people. Let's see, let's send it. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, but sure. like, just have good players. Like I was watching the Raptors and the Bulls, and I was like, these team. How are these teams better than the Mavericks? And it's not Luca. No. <laughs> that is. That's what's crazy. I mean that. Well, but, I mean, so, so uh, Angel in the chat is saying if, if Luca's vibes were better, maybe this team is in the playoffs. I mean, they didn't get blown out in a game Luca played from January like 5th on. 
they lost a lot of games. They played so many clutch games. Sometimes the ball so, just doesn't bounce your way. I think they yeah. regressed like over the last three years. So 2020 and 2021, they, they probably were ahead of their expectations in terms of wins this year, they regressed. And then they lost those two games at the end of the year on purpose. So yeah. we're talking, if they change four games, five games, the entire vibe of the season is probably different. But they lost so many awful games, either due to kids coaching, uh, defense, all of the above. And so it's, yeah. it's, let's just rebuild it and see what they can do differently. Yeah. And there is something to just being a good team that you know how to win those games. Mm-hmm. Like, the, 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 and we, we saw it over and over again with the, the, in the Dirk era. And like, you just see it with good teams. It's like, oh, when it gets close, they know how to win and they know how to win because they know they have chemistry. They know who does what they know where to go, mm-hmm. what they needed to get a basket, what they needed to do to get a stop. Uh, I think Nick uh, over at locked on said like, this team has no identity, no sense of who they are, no sense of who plays where. And I remember after the Kyrie trade watching a game and it was like, I'm trying to remember who's on the floor. It was like Luca, Reggie, Tim Hardaway, Josh Green, and Maxi. So not like even a great set of guys together. Yeah. But guys that have logged minutes. Like 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 not that they've all logged that five has logged a lot of minutes together, but those guys have played a lot of minutes in some combination. And it was like, oh, it made sense. Like, they knew where to go. You could tell they knew how to play off of each other. And I I don't know how they get back to that. I don't know how they – where that comes from. It's coaching – you know, I feel like Christian Wood was never given a chance to find whatever role he might have. Yeah. Um, It it, it just all feels like a fucking mess. And it ultimately, to me, goes back to Cuban – Sure. Like it, yeah, yeah. Is a is a Cuban thing, and and the, and this is the one thing I wanted to ask you about. So so Jason Kidd is a former player, now coach. Uh, Nico is a former Nike executive, now GM. Who? What? What is the? Who are the best former players, coaches that are now coaches? And I mean, Steve Kerr is obviously the one that is Carlisle. Yes, and Carlisle played for one season, or he played more than that, but a, cu- a couple of seasons. Oh, like, yeah, he was. He was not. A, not he was not a player. Hall of Fame point yeah. guard. Yeah, he did have a long career. Uh, the um, guy down, um, um, New Orleans, uh, Willie Willie Green. He's he's player. Um, yeah, he's been pretty successful. I mean, by and large, though, superstar players are not successful coaches, right? And I think some of it's because they just spend so long being players. Mm-hmm. And that like being a coach is a different thing. And yeah, so when you spend totally. a lot, when you spend a lot of time being an assistant coach, you learn how to be a coach it, right. it, as in any profession. When you learn how to do the thing just by virtue of doing it on a lower level. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't, I just don't think Jason Kidd's a good coach. I Nico might be a good GM, you know, like for all his faults, Donnie Nelson was a pretty good GM. 
Yeah, but he, by the end, he was just not doing his job. And so it's, right. it's, it's yeah, not, he, they, he'd he worn out his welcome, but for, for what, 15 years, he'd put together a winning team yeah. every year and he drafted Luca. And and that's where it comes to that's what it comes down to me. Is like just hire a good coach. Hire sure. a good coach, get a good G, good GM. But man, I don't know. I, I've not felt this uh despondent about the Mavs in so long. I, and, oh. and we could get a top we could have a top ten pick and it could all turn around. Well, we'll see. We'll Thanks see. for hanging out, John. We'll see. Yeah, man. Good, good chat. Thanks for, thanks right. for letting me come in. Oh, yeah. No, minute. we'll be back next week. I'm going to try to do yeah. one of these a week. I'm going to figure out time and place, and then I'll be broadcasting when I'm going to do it on the other shows so people can know when to join. All right. Perfect. Appreciate All right. it. See you, dude. Okay. Coming up next is my man, Chris. Hey, Chris. What's up hey. tonight? Hey, Kirk. How you doing? I'm good. I just hopped on like 10 minutes ago, so uh, I for, obviously That's forgot to turn on the not- notification bell. That so. is okay. What are you thinking? Uh, nothing, nothing. Um, well, actually, the last few days I've been thinking about the basketball gods here. So my fear here is that we lose our pick because the NBA is going to spite us. And then everybody can say, oh, this is the basketball gods post you guys for tanking. What What is our like penalty if that doesn't happen? Can we still lose our pick because of this whole investigation thing that's going on or? So it's on the table, but I don't think the NBA does that because there's too many other incidents that have been much more obvious. Exactly. I, I would say that it's – so Cuban was fined 600000 in 2018 for talking on Dr. – I think it was Dr. J's podcast about like how he took everybody to dinner and was like, it's our best – it's in our best interest to lose. He just admitted mm-hmm. to it. Cuban always does the quiet part loud. Why? I don't know. I want to say it's because he doesn't care, but it's just, it's bizarre. I think he gets fine. And I think the fine is somehow larger than that fine, even though this is a much, in my opinion, much lesser offense. Yeah. I hate, you know, I'm guilty of going on watching first take on ESPN. I I just hear all this crap. I'm like, Kendrick Perkins is talking about, oh, they don't know what would happen again with the Thunder and Grizzlies game. Yes, we do. Like they were. No, it was done. It yeah, Grizz, even because I know it ended up the Thunder ended up not playing their starter. Memphis didn't play their starter, but that doesn't matter. If the Mavs would have won those last two games, the Thunder was going to play their starters. Memphis yeah. wasn't going to play their starters. It, there's just no way. There's right? no way. Like Bill Simmons keeps saying like nonsense on the on the Mavs on his different shows, and it's like I I really want people to explain to him that by the time the Mavericks opted to sit Luka Doncic, they would have had the only way the Mavericks would have gotten in is if the Thunder lost. And at that point, it was that we knew Memphis was sitting people like this whole notion that the Mavericks did something uber wrong is just it's bizarre to me. It was strategically wise. And I, I'm I'm just I'm sorry. It's the it was like the first decent thing they did all year because they what? kept losing games. They should win. And they were right, winning right. games. They should lose. And if what they, if they would have won against the Bulls, play the Spurs and Lucas strains his calf in the third. Well, there's still and, that. And stu- the one that pisses me off. If you go look at like the win loss record, like just all in a row, it's the Lakers game and the Spurs game where they won those two, where had they lost either one of those, it would have been eight and nine games that they lost. Like the Mavericks yeah. were so bad in March and, yeah. and people just don't want to talk about it. I'm just hoping and praying. I know we got like four or five weeks until the Western Conference Finals uh, draft lottery. Ugh, I just I just hope we can at least keep our draft pick. I mean, fingers crossed about top four pick or even Wimby. That would just be – you're literally hitting the lottery there. But if we get that top ten pick, I mean, I, I know that that player is not going to play for the Mavericks. It's most likely going to end up being in a trade, get some win-now players hopefully, 
bolster the defense up, but I just don't want to give anything back to the Knicks. I mean, they can have our draft pick next year, or I don't think we'll be that bad. We'll, we'll miss the play in again. Yeah. Um, but this year, I'm just, yeah, hopefully keep our draft pick. And <sighs> see, the, uh, the, any other apps news you know of? Uh, I, I've been looking, but I just, nah, I mean, other than, I guess I didn't see the Nico Harrison interview. I haven't seen it at all. But. It's good. So on checkmapsmoneyball.com, we did a quote board, so you don't got to watch it. It's like he, he answered a lot of stuff. He did a pretty honest job, but it still doesn't leave you with a lot of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was reading some of that, but I'm like, he's, Mark Cuban's the one making the decisions. Like I know. He's, I know. Making it seem like he's just a puppet uh, to me until something. I mean, the Kyrie Irving trade was good. I mean, we just got to keep. Uh, this is just a disappointing season. But yeah, yeah, like I said, hopefully we can keep our draft pick and go from there and just just rebuild in some kind of way. So I just don't want Dwight Powell starting center anymore. I, yep. We all don't want that. So, um, so I guess uh, beyond next week, you do this one, once a week. Probably, and I'll be broadcasting when I'm going to do it. I got to figure out times. I could tell my wife popped her head in here, and either she didn't hear me say that I was going to do this, or was ignoring me and was like, "Why are you doing this?" Okay, um, well, I'll turn on the notification bell. I'll get on earlier. <laughs> appreciate it so much. All right. all right, all right. So the things could obviously be worse, guys. Um, the the Raptors missed 17 free throws in a game decided by four points. Uh, 17 free throws. No, 18 free throws. My God. Pascal Siakam missed six all by his lonesome. OG Ananobi missed five. Good gracious. What a disaster of a loss. Nick Nurse. Uh, Nick Nurse may go wandering into the woods. Man. All right, team. Uh, please do me a favor. Subscribe, like, tell your friends. Uh, have a, you know, uh, the show only grows because of folks like you. Like I said earlier, I'm going to try to do a better job with audio and video at some point. But um, today is not that day. Thanks so much for hanging out and, you know, be looking for podcasts. Josh and I are probably going to record tomorrow night, but, you know, it'll be one where it's just him and I talking and you guys can be in the chat. So thanks so much for hanging out. Go Mavs.